Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Good morning. I I absolutely love that song, The Blessing, and I just love hearing everybody sing along with it. I think it's just, it so encapsulates what I want to talk about today. Um, and I have a lot of notes. Okay, my PowerPoint is on. So I have to just get to it. Um, if you don't know, I've been away. Um, you probably didn't know I was away because I was coming home every Sunday for church, but I've been living down in Harrisburg from March through August. Um, interning for Wild Heart Ministries, um, Tannen and Christina Herman, the founders, they came and they spoke back in the wintertime a little bit about what their ministry is in Harrisburg. Um, basically, they have, if you weren't here, they bought a historic mansion in Allison Hill, which is kind of notorious for being one of the, the harder parts of the city of Harrisburg, uh, really one of the roughest cities or neighborhoods in the state. Um, when they got there, actually, Harrisburg was listed among the top 10 murder capitals in the U.S., as well as ranking 25th on America's most dangerous cities. Um, so I know that stat was shocking to me when I heard it. Um, you know, going to Harrisburg as a kid, I didn't really think it was a dangerous place. Um, and we would go shopping there every weekend, pretty much. And um, But the good news is that um, this year was year four of their like beautification movement that they've been working to improve the city of Harrisburg and specifically Allison Hill. Um, and by year four, crime rate had dropped in half um, in Harrisburg. So, you know, it's just amazing. I think it's a testament to what God can do when the church shows up and starts showing off what God is capable of, that he loves to transform uh, what is broken and bring healness, uh, healing and wholeness to those areas. So, um, yeah, what that really looked like um, was beautification projects. Uh, let me see if I can. Okay, so that's the mansion there. Those are the teams that I was working with. Um, the things that we did on the day-to-day was like picking up trash. It was this really simple practice um, in prayer that God gave them this profound strategy of how to transform a city. And he said, I want you to go out and pick up trash. And um, they were like, okay, God, we'll do it. And so, you know, four years later, it's become a lot more than that. They have quarterly block parties. Um, Of course, they're steeped in this worship, prayer, and evangelism. Um, And um, yeah, they're just changing the city. So I'm just going to jump through This is when I moved in. So I moved in March. Tell me if you think this sounds like a good idea. March, Friday the 13th, and President Trump just declares a national emergency. (laughs) The day I moved in, I had no idea this was going on. I was so preoccupied with packing and moving that um, I didn't know what was happening in the world. And they basically said, okay, well, you're here, me and the other intern, do you want to stay or do you want to go? Because you're going to be stuck here if you 
decide to stay. You're going to be quarantined. And both of us were like, well, do you need our help? And they were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, well, we're here then. And we decided to stay. Um, just really quickly, some of the, the pictures up here. Um, the top left is the food distribution that we help be a part of. Um, the bottom left are these kits that we made for the community just to help them clean up the area in front of their home so that every single person became a part of our movement. Um, I think we had, I'm not totally sure on this number, but I think we had around 40 active participants, so 40 active households that helped clean up their area of the city. Um, the bottom picture is just us working hard in the office. And then over on the right, you can see um, we also held these virtual meetings where we were interviewing leaders from um, government and business in the different realms of society, um, talking about how they're using their faith to transform their um, sphere of influence. So that was quarantine part one. Uh, we also did a lot of gardening, as you can see. Uh, we had a market stand uh, in, on the bottom uh, that Ben ran. They also have a, a coffee roastery, and so he was selling coffee and produce from our garden. Um, just every little thing that we could do to turn uh, what looked like a big problem into an opportunity for God to move. And um, it's amazing how he did move. Um, so yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I do have a lot. Uh, Summer Project is like their main push. So Summer Project is usually eight weeks long. This year it was six weeks long because of COVID and things getting pushed back. Um, they like to have a team for every single week that they're out in the community. They only had three teams. So we had three teams. Half of our weeks were full. Behind the scenes, we're scrambling, trying to find people to come. It's outdoor work, you know, so we could do it even in the midst of COVID and the regulations. But um, it was just hard to find those. Those churches were like scrambling to keep their services going as it was. Um, but we did get those three weeks filled. And then the highlight of the whole summer, like by far the best thing that has happened to me in a long time was getting to meet um, 11, I'm going to try not to cry, 11 teens from the neighborhood that actually we got a grant that we were able to hire 11 teens to come and work with us for the whole summer long. So even those weeks that weren't filled by church teams, they were filled with uh, people from the actual community that we were able to like teach and disciple and work with them personally. Um, so yeah, they, they warned us coming into Summer Project that it was going to be pretty intense. And I knew that because I had been volunteering for a long time. I knew that the physical toll was going to be a lot. You know, we're literally like picking weeds for hours and hours. It's the, the, the height of the summer. It's so hot. There's these red brick paths. It feels like an oven. You know, we're picking up trash. You're just bending over up and down constantly. It's some really tough work. Um, but that wasn't so much the part I was afraid of. Uh, the part I was afraid of was actually working with the teens, even though I knew it was a, an amazing opportunity for God to use. Um, for God to use us in the community, it was still like touching kind of a, a trigger point inside of me that I realized that was a fear that I had been holding on to for a long time. And that is um, just, you know, being homeschooled my whole life long. You hear a lot of the the stereotypes about homeschoolers are like, 
well, how are you going to socialize them? How are they going to be like out in the public? You know, they're not going to public school. They're not having that daily interaction with people. And so I kind of developed this like belief about myself that I wasn't able to like have conversations with people that um, they didn't want to hear what I had to say, that I was just shy, very timid. Um, I thought when I did have conversations, it was boring. People didn't really want to hear um, what I had to say. And so that really like kept me in fear. And God has worked with me a lot in that, especially because of this house and because of all of the, the message around validation and our identity. Um, um, yeah, he's, he's worked with me a lot, and I've gotten a lot of victories in that. But just coming into Summer Project, knowing I was going to be working with these teens, I had in my mind this, like, this picture, this um, not true picture, but I had watched movies of, like, you know, the inner city schools, right? And the, the teacher comes into this inner city school, and the kids are, like, sitting on top of the desks, and they're real rebellious, and they're real disrespectful, and they're talking back, and they're swearing, and they're whatever else. I just had this image and I was like, they're going to find this weakness in me and they're just going to push that button. You know, they're going to, they're going to expose me for who I really am. I'm going to feel like a fraud that I don't have any authority that I'm not, you know, powerful that I'm not, um, this amazing person that God's made me to be. And, um, I'm, I'm happy to report that it was actually quite the opposite that I just fell in love with these kids. Um, they're teenagers to me, they're kids. Um, but one thing that God did to prepare me for the summer was he kept repeating this phrase, stand in your victory. Um, like I said, I had made significant breakthroughs in my identity, um, growing in confidence, being shame resilient. Um, but God was urging me not to go backwards, but to stand confidently in what I had learned. Um, and there's something that God has taught me every time I drive down to Harrisburg, it's sort of, even though all of the, the myths and the lies that I believed about that area and about myself have been debunked, there's still this anxiety that tries to creep back in. And so I've made a practice of, while I'm driving down there, I say, God, what gift are you giving me to bless this community with? Hence the song, The Blessing, this morning. Um, and the gift that I felt he wanted me to bring over the summer was the gift of a safe place. And uh, we had a retreat leading up to Summer Project, and this is what, this is directly from my journal, from our prayer time. He said, uh, the gift of family, a place where every person is seen, heard, loved, and celebrated. A place where growth happens. A place where God's nature is demonstrated. His nature is demonstrated. I want to be known, and then this was a, a prompt that we had to answer in preparation for summer project, I said, I want to be known as a steady, safe person people can talk to and find acceptance, love, healing, and freedom. Someone whose confidence in my identity makes people feel free to be themselves and calls out the gold in them. Um, so that's what I was carrying coming into summer project. And really, I just felt this, this grace. Like, I wasn't afraid. I was confident. You know, when God speaks a word, it actually carries with it the grace to actually operate in that. So when he said, I want, I want you to be a safe place, 
He was a safe place for me. So that there were times, especially in the first week of interacting with these kids from the city, that I was like, oh no, my fears are coming true. Actually, I worked with one of the girls, and she was kind of known for having this sarcastic sense of humor. Um, You could just tell that was the way it was in their household, that it was like a, a biting, sort of sarcastic, degrading sense of humor. But it was like, oh, just kidding, you know what I mean? Um, and so I was like a little put off by this because I wasn't used to it. And and then one day she says, just casually, I don't like working with Brianna. She's so quiet and boring. And here it was like this moment I could tell I had the opportunity to partner with that lie. I'm so quiet and boring or to partner with what God had said about me, that I'm confident and that I'm a safe place where people can open up and be free to be themselves. And so I was so thankful for Holy Spirit's voice to me in that exact moment because actually fast forward later on in the summer, I had so many one-on-one moments with that girl where she started to open up to me about this is the culture of my household. My household's not very steady, not very stable. This is what we do to survive. She said, I don't like to be quiet because when I start to be quiet, then I start to process all of the things happening at home. And so it made sense why she was, um, I guess, intimidated by the presence of somebody that was just steady. And she learned that she actually liked that better. So she, she kept coming back. There were days where we were like, you know, you can go home if you want. Like her attitude was kind of getting... Uh, to the group and we were like you can go home if you want and she was like no I want to stay I want to stay so she loved the culture that was created um, in the mansion and among our team Um, so yeah this is those are some of the teens that we worked with that I absolutely fell in love with Uh, I actually worked with the teens probably more than any of the other staff and interns. Ironically, um, I wasn't put with the church groups at all. The leaders just kept giving me the teens on my team, and I loved it. Like, I was connecting with them. I had a moment with every single one of them. I could tell story after story of just God showing up and, like, having this one-on-one deep connection with each of them. You have to ask me questions if you want to know those stories because I don't have time to go into them all. But... um, I did want to talk about, um, I did want to share just a couple of stories. Um, the, the team that I had most often was a group of five guys and, um, they were known as the quiet boys because especially the first couple weeks, they like wouldn't say anything to us. They would talk amongst themselves, but they wouldn't really like share anything else. And we would debrief at the end of the day. We would ask questions like, what were your highs and lows? What did you like about working today? What did you see? What did you experience? And it was like, chirp, chirp, just crickets, like nothing. And so the, you know, like the rest of the staff were kind of like, we don't know what to do about this. How do we get them to open up? And I actually, like in a moment of just God bravery, I was like, I'll do it. I want to work with those boys. Like, I want to be that safe place for them because I suspected that this was just like their insecurity and it was just a facade that they were putting on um, that at their heart that they really just wanted to be known and seen and loved. And so I wanted to work with them. And um, we worked, we did some of the stinkiest, most disgusting dump sites that we cleaned out together. We've been through a lot together this summer. Um, I started to see them 
slowly but surely come out of their shell, open up, and um, I started to see their personalities, started to see their sense of humor. They love cracking jokes. They love laughing. And uh, we were just like like our own little, I don't know, gang. Like, like we, we just became like a family. And um, so I learned that under their facade, they just wanted to be loved. Every fear, every assumption that I had was debunked as I got to know each one as an individual. Um, and then I actually got to give prophetic words to them. There was one day at our debrief, you know, when they usually were just silent and had blank stares on their faces that God said, I want you to give prophetic words to each of them. So like, Phew, okay, God, here goes, you know, and so I did just one by one. I just started to call out the gold in them, call out their identities. And the one boy, I remember I said, I said, I just see that you're so strategic. Like God has made you a very strategic person. You're very intelligent. And there was more to it than that. But, um, you know, he had his hood up and he was quiet. And I didn't know if any of these words were actually getting to them. I left that moment like, well, God, I obeyed, you know. Um, But then like fast forward weeks later, it was actually toward the end of summer project. And we were working in one of our areas that was the furthest away from the mansion. And so he was like running back and forth for me, getting supplies for me as I needed them. And so coming back at the end of the day, um, I felt like God said, I want you to walk with him. And so I did. And I said, you know, Lorenzo, thank you so much for being my runner today, for helping me out. Like that really took a load off. And, uh, you know, he kind of, he got bashful, like, you could just tell they they thrived on affirmation. And um, he said, he said, I'm your strategic one, right? <laughs> and so, and stuff like that happened like all summer long. Things that I did not think were getting through, they were getting down into their heart and they were reminding me later on, we had this kind of running joke that there was no swearing, no insults on my team. And so the one day we're, we're weeding on the sidewalk and this lady starts swearing and an insult, like, like yelling at this guy down the street. And uh, one of my guys was like, he like nudged me. He's like, miss, they called me miss. He said, miss, are you going to tell him? No, no insults, (laughs) no swearing on your team. (laughs) And so I like mocked, yelled down the street, like, yeah, no swearing, no insults, you know, but it became something that they were like kind of policing amongst themselves. Like, okay, we don't do this around here. We don't, we don't insult one another. Um, And so, yeah, it was an amazing summer. I could go on and on and on, but I don't have time. Um, I just want to show this is what we were able to accomplish. Our eight-week goal was accomplished in six weeks. The whole goal, not not part of it. We were able to finish all of it uh, with half the church teams. And there you can read some of the stats from the summer. And so I just wanted to share um, every victory that I had this summer was your victory because this house is where I've grown up. This house is my, my family. This is where I learned about being seen and known and loved and valued for who I am. Um, God actually gave me this picture of a tree that I shared with Laura several weeks ago. Um, you know, people like to ask me, like, um, so are you moving down to Harrisburg? Like, are you flying away finally? You know, like, you found your mission field. Are you going? And I'm just like, 
uh, actually, no, like I want to remain planted. Uh, God showed me this tree and he said, the depth of your roots, as deep as your roots go down, is as wide as your branches will grow. And so he said, I want you to be grounded and I want you to know your identity. And I want you to receive all of the life and all of the the richness coming out of this house and this family culture um, and that the strength of my roots and how well I'm rooted here and how well I honor what is carried here is actually going to determine how far out I can go. And I think that applies to each and every one of us. The more we honor our roots and our foundation, the more we honor what has been sowed into us over the years, the more influence God is going to give us. And that is one of the core values of this house is influence. Um, so, you know, I talked a lot about what I'm bringing from my, what I brought from my roots to Harrisburg, you know, that validation culture that um, no insults, no, uh, this is a gossip free zone. Like, you know, you go out of this house, you go away from here and there's a lot of not gossip free zones. There's a lot of zones where sarcasm and, and anger and hostility and, and backbiting and, um, bickering is just the norm. And so when we go out and we carry this culture into the surrounding cultures, it's really transformational. Um, you know, you might think you don't have a lot to offer like I did. I thought I'm shy, I'm, I'm boring, I'm quiet, I don't have, I'm not really funny. You know, all that stuff are lies, I know. But th- those are the things that try to come against us and tell us what we're not. But when you just remain rooted in God, it's like he takes care of it all. Like he makes you shine. He makes you just more than what you ever thought possible. Um, and so that's what I brought out from my roots. And now I also want to talk about the other part of this tree is the leaves that go out. And you know, a tree doesn't just get nutrients from its roots. They actually uh, receive energy from the sun. And so I want to talk about some of the things that I'm bringing back, hopefully, to this house. And I have a message, and I don't have time for it, but we'll get through as much as we can. Uh, what is our commission? Co-mission. Uh, co means with, so we are we are on a mission with God. Since the beginning, humanity's relationship with God has changed dramatically, but God's intention for us has not changed. He's looking for covenant partners who will work with him to extend his kingdom to the ends of the earth. Um, and, you know, I... I love scripture. I'm just like a, an astute Bible student. I geek out, nerd out over the scriptures. And so I just want to show some of the things that God showed me actually during that time in quarantine when I had a lot of time just to read my Bible. Um, all throughout scripture, we find our commission. It's not just the great commission. Um, Adam and Eve were actually commissioned in the garden. Genesis 1, 27 through 28 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I just want to highlight a couple of things here. We're made in his image. We're made to be his image bearers in society. We're not meant to stay within the four walls of the church. We're meant to go out and actually uh, represent him into culture and into society. Um, And then he, um, he said, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. So we are also called to take dominion. 
Um, and how do we know that this is for us and not just Adam and Eve? Well, the word man here where it says in the image of God, uh, God created man, that word actually means a, it's Adam and it means mankind. So it's talking about all of us. It's talking about all mankind are called to do these things, uh, to be influencers. Uh, but the thing about our style of influence, when I hear dominion, I think, I don't know, my mind goes to like dictator, uh, authoritarian, very heavy handed. Um, but that's not the style of influence that we are called to reflect. Um, yeah, our style of influence should always reflect God's style of influence. And so how did God model influence in the earth? Uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's us. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. And then Matthew 20, 25 through 28 um, says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So our commission that we can learn from Adam and Eve and from what God told them is that we are commissioned to be servant leaders. Um, another commission that we find in scripture is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, God said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. I'm just going to keep going. This is to Isaac. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And then Jacob, I am the Lord God, the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Does anybody notice a theme here? Blessed. We're all, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. He reiterated it three times for three generations. And then how do we know that this is for us too? Well, Galatians uh, 3, 7 through 9 says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Are you uh, of faith? Are you a one of faith? Yes, we're all people of faith. And so we are the children of Abraham. And the scripture for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So God's intention in blessing this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob wasn't just so that, well, they can be happy and they can live a good life, right? No, it was so that all the nations of the earth 
should be blessed. Even this holy set apart people that was set apart for God, they weren't set apart just to be out of the world. They were actually set apart for God to be influencers in the world and to show the world what a relationship with God looks like. Um, All right. So you are commissioned to be a vehicle of God's blessing. Uh, The nation of Israel. I'm actually going to skip over the nation of Israel because we're running out of time. Um, But this is what we learn from them. You are commissioned to be a model of righteousness to the nations. You are commissioned to be a carrier of God's presence to the nations. All right, let's go to Jesus. So what was Jesus' commission? The Bible says, hopefully we all know this one, for God so loved the world, say the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. I love Pastor Steve really preaches this so well. But in order that the world, say the world, might be saved through him. Um, and then in John twelve thirty two, it says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people, say all people, to myself. And all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, a lot of times I read that verse, and I think, it's just for me. I can come to God. I can cast my cares on him because he cares for me. His burden is light, and it is for me. All of those things are true. But it's not just for me. I experience that that lightness in his presence. I experience that freedom in his presence because he wants everyone to experience that same thing. So Jesus was commissioned to call the lost sheep of Israel to repentance, a returning to God, and also to invite the whole world to come to partake of salvation. And this is for us too. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then John 14.12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. And finally, John 5.36 says, For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. Just as the Father sent the Son into the earth to be a blessing to the world, Jesus has commissioned us to be a blessing to the world. He went away to the Father, and we'll get to that in just a second. So you are commissioned to reveal Jesus, and you are commissioned to draw people unto God. Um, This is the one we're probably the most familiar with, Jesus' disciples. And we know that everyone who is a follower of Jesus is also his disciple. So this is for us. Um. Yeah, 
And which one do I have up there? Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Um, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me by the father. Go therefore, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then again in Mark 16, 15 through 20, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world, say all the world. Hopefully you're noticing a theme. Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. And it talks about uh, casting out demons and healing the sick and raising the dead. And so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, initiating the kingdom. And he and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So this is for us too. You are commissioned to go. You are commissioned to make disciples of all nations, instructing them in the ways of the kingdom. And you are commissioned to proclaim the gospel, which is to issue an invitation. And so uh, I got through more than I thought I was going to. Um, I have more, but we'll have to save it for another time. Issuing the invitation is what I would like to do today. Katie, do you have those invitations? I know I went through those scriptures like rapid fire, but my hope is not just to tell you all of it, but that you would be inspired to get into the word, get into scripture and see everywhere in scripture that God has commissioned us to go out and to be a blessing to the world around us. Um, We're going to skip right past all this. If you can read it really fast, good for you. <laughs> oh, I wish I could go into all this. All right, influence. Uh, the, the core values of our house, of this body here, are covenant, bravery, and influence. And this actually comes right from the website. Um, I don't have it on my paper. We firmly believe in the training and activation of every believer to establish the kingdom of God wherever you go. Our hope is that Giving Light's equipping culture becomes a breeding ground for purpose, creativity, and strategy to be revealed, developed, and fulfilled. As this takes place, our goal is to see people of all ages continue to cultivate and activate what they receive to be a righteous influence in every area of society and to see lives and cultures positively transformed. So what Katie is handing out right now, as she mentioned earlier, I am stepping into a role here in this house called the community liaison. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be working with um, our human services director and also just um, having antennas out for opportunities for us to get plugged into our community that we could actually go out and extend the kingdom. And I just want to remind you that this doesn't, this doesn't mean that we are forcing anything on anyone. This doesn't mean that we are shoving things down people's throats or um, trying to like get them to become like us, just like my stories show when you get out and you start to get out into the darkest places, the light just like comes out of you. It just gets 
pulled out of you, the culture that you steward and that you operate in among your brothers and sisters and the faith, it will start to influence culture. So um, those invitations, can I actually have one? If you would like to be a part of our new initiative to uh, reach out to our local community, you can just sign sign up on this invitation. Um, I'm going to make a database of all of the people that have responded saying, yes, I'll go. I'll be a disciple in our community. I will be that influencer. And I'm just going to let you know about opportunities to serve. Um, we have a couple actually coming up. Oh, okay. So this is from Bonnie Kent, actually, our human service director. And she gave me a couple of stats to show why this is so important. According to the 2010 census, about one in four families in our local community of Northern Dauphin are living below or at 200% of the poverty level. And in 2010, we had 6,080 residents on medical assistance. When offering the Money in Your Pocket program a few years ago with United Way, we had the lowest site with an annual gross income average from 61 families of $13,800. There's a growing homeless population in our area as well. It doesn't look like it does in Harrisburg. In Harrisburg, you can it's visible. You see the homeless. Um, in our area, it's a little bit more hidden. It looks like people sleeping in their cars sometimes or... Um, couch hopping from friend's house to friend's house. Um, and then also we've been having a more of an influx from the city, people moving in uh, to our, our, our neighborhood to find, um, I think, a safe place, to find a place that is more peaceful. And so I think it's an amazing opportunity uh, that we have. And the question that God is asking us is, will we complain and harden our hearts to them or will we open them wide and joyfully reap the harvest that he's giving us. Um, and so if you would like to be a part of reaching out, these are the ways you can do that by serving. Uh, you can fill out that invitation. If you're not here and you're on, um, you're watching at home, we're also going to have sign up forms in grounded that you, the grounded coffee room that you can fill out later. Um, we also have a sign up on our website, which the address is www givinglight.org slash community. So you can find the sign up link on there as well. And then share, tell your friends. Um, this isn't something that just our house is doing. Uh, hopefully every church in our community uh, has this same missional um, heart to go out and serve. And so if you know people from other churches, you want to get them involved, or if you have friends or family members and you think they just need a sense of purpose and something to do, like go invite them to be a part of this as well. Um, and then pray. Um, you know, I know that there's some limitations sometimes. I think I have even on there health restrictions. If there's things that maybe you're not able to participate in, prayer is just as, if not more powerful, way to participate. So make sure that you're praying. Um, if, even if you are serving, make sure that you're being prayerful in our, um, in our service. This isn't from our own strength, but we know that we draw our strength from the Lord. Um, and then lastly, give. And do we have the, um, the baskets? Are they available? Uh, Katie's going to actually, or our ushers can put up the, the offering baskets 
Now, if you'd like to give into our community fund, we've actually started setting aside money for this community initiative, specifically for outreach into our community. And if you would like to give, the baskets are going to be there. As you leave, you can just drop something in there, and it's going to go toward all of our efforts. Um, Some things that are actually coming up right now are our community garden cleanup day. Um, Katie and I have been working at the Human Services Center behind there. There's a community garden where we're growing vegetables. My mom has been uh, working really hard in there as well um, to hopefully develop some some opportunities in the future to bless people with some fresh produce. Um, it's they, right now they're giving it away at the at the Human Service Center, but we hope to do even more with that next year. So to get it ready for next year, we're going to have a cleanup day. And we need all hands on deck. As many people as can come, please come. Um, All the information is there. It is October 31st from 9 to 12. So mark your calendars. I'll also be posting on Facebook. So if you're on the Giving Light family page, you'll get all of the updates as well. And then uh, finally, some of the other opportunities that are coming up are uh, we're going to be doing a Salvation Army Thanksgiving collection. Um, we're hoping to get poinsettias for the elderly. Katie did this last year. And for the um, the nursing homes, to give into the nurse, nursing homes. Uh, also, the Salvation Army bell ringing, and you can sponsor a family. So I'll be posting more information about all of these opportunities. But um, the whole point of this is just, you know, when I first started volunteering down in Harrisburg, um, something inside of me came alive. I didn't realize that there were gifts that, that, that I had that were not being tapped into. And I just want to encourage you all that you have gifts, that you have things that God's placed inside of you. And if you're still breathing air on the earth, there's more. There's even more that he wants to show you that he's placed inside of you to be a blessing to those around you. And so I just, I want to pray actually right now. I just want to take a moment. That prayer that I said earlier that I like to pray when I go down to Harrisburg, um, let's just pray that together. Um, Jesus, you can repeat after me. Jesus, what gift are you giving me for my community? And let's just listen and see what he says. also ask Jesus who are you calling me to serve God, I just thank you, Lord, for hope increasing in our community. God, I thank you that you're validating the individuals who have been planted here. I just pray that you would speak to their hearts now and reveal all of the amazing, wonderful gifts that you placed inside of them, whether they see it 
in operation now or whether they believe it about themselves or not. Like Moses, we just pray that you would call them out, God, that you would validate what you've called them to do, that you would unravel any lies that have been keeping them bound, keeping them from stepping out, uh, speaking up, being the light in the world. God, just like those lies that you unraveled in me about being shy or being quiet and not having anything to say. God, I just thank you that as you pour in that identity, Lord, that we're going to be filled with a passion and a love for our neighbor like never before. God, I pray that you would just impress on our hearts even as we go about our days and our week, Lord, that that we would just be moved with compassion, that this would just be a regular occurrence, that as we encounter people in our our workplaces, maybe at the library or at the grocery store or at the laundromat or wherever we might be, God, I just pray that you would put people in our paths and just move us with compassion, that we would begin to see uh, how you have a solution for them, how you have hope for them, how you want us to be a blessing to them and to offer that to them freely and generously as you offer yourself to us. So I just thank you, God. I thank you for this new thing that you're initiating. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.